You're listening to ND Fan Radio on One Foot Down, part of the SB Nation family of blogs. To keep my hands on myself. Mighty fine day to you, sir. ND Fan Radio is back on One Foot Down, the One Foot Down podcast. We're back recorded, edit, we're edited, recording where it's safe. Recording and editing. We're in the safe confines of podcast land, unlike last week, where ND Fan Radio went back to its roots. We were live. If you missed it, go check it out. It's on SoundCloud. It's at One Foot Down. It was the Miami postgame show, and it was... And it was live. And it was... It was lit. It was lit. It was, <laughs> exactly, it was live. That's exactly, AF, that's exactly right. Say. And that was Saturday night. Here we are uh, Tuesday evening, so it's been a full week. It feels like it's been three weeks, but I think a lot of that was the emotional down downslide, if there is such a thing, um, since the Miami game. I yeah. think that everybody's probably gone through a little bit of that, and it's kind of, I don't want to say return to normalcy, but it was return to earth a little bit from, from the arc that I think Notre Dame was on. They were on a parabolic trajectory, and... The, now we're on the way down. I mean, it, it, the irony of a hurricane taking the wind out of your sails. The winds are out. Well, the wind are out of the sails a, a little bit. I mean, the the rankings came out tonight. Notre Dame is still eighth in the playoff rankings. Right. So they're top ten, which is the fact that I I feel less excited than I was two weeks ago for no. I mean, I don't. I am less excited for Notre Dame football than sure, I was two weeks sure. ago. And Notre Dame is still inside the top ten. It's just it's the most bizarre thing. It is very bizarre. It feels like and, and you know college football has a way of doing that to everybody. When you lose one, it's like it's really really a long shot that you make the playoff. You lose two, and it's a complete impossibility. Despite some of the fact that people, yeah, at least for Notre Dame, for Notre Dame, and some yeah. people out there still still entertaining a way that they get in. I don't really bother with any of that kind of stuff. Nor would I even want them to at this point because I think that um, you know enough of uh, the bloom has fallen off the rose, so to speak, to say that I don't think Notre Dame should be playing against a Clemson right now or a Miami again or an Alabama. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think overall that's just that's just kind of what it was for people. Um, you know, let me, I, I do want to go back to the Miami game though, because we dealt with it live. It was very visceral, right? I mean, we were kind of triaging after the game, um, but we didn't really yeah, have time. We got to, people's nosebleeds. Right, it got a little wild, but we didn't really have time to craft any takes. And as I thought more and more about the Miami game, one of the interesting things we didn't really mention was not all these games are from that week, but I couldn't help but notice specifically like the Iowa-Ohio State game and Georgia-Auburn, which was the same day. How do you, as a fan, explain those types of games where you watch these other coaches that we've always talked about? Oh, if we could only get somebody like an Urban Meyer, like he's fallible, right? I mean, he's had a game where he was just decimated by Iowa and Georgia in particular. Not entirely sure that Kirby Smart's that guy just yet, but are we being too harsh by saying the whole uh, thing is falling apart? That yet uh, again, this uh, is Brian Kelly's Achilles heel. Other big good teams are getting smoked. It has happened this year. Yes, it has, and it's happened in years past as well. I mean, there's no doubt. Uh, I mean, is your question well, I, that anybody that says fire Brian Kelly is being too hard? I mean, where, I, where are you going with the question My, so I know how to respond to you? Because, yes, I'm, other teams get blown out. It yes, happens, right? other teams get blown out. And then I think, I think the craziest example this year is what has happened at Florida State. We've, again, we've talked about a guy that has a championship under his belt, has turned into an embarrassment by that program standard, similar to kind of what happened with Kelly. My question is, do you think, are you willing to say that what happened with Miami is just sometimes big teams get, sometimes teams get blown out like that and it just happens? Or are you like, no, this is exactly what we said. It's another straw on the camel's back. It's Kelly's MO to lose the big game. I've had it. I'm done. Or do you say, look, those types of games happen 
it just stinks that it happened where Notre Dame was currently in this season. I mean, those types of games do happen. They do. But I'm looking at the list that you wrote down. Like, for instance, you have Clemson and Syracuse. Well, Clemson's quarterback got hurt in that game, and and, and it was in the Dome where Syracuse was as, as, as hype and as crazy as they could possibly be, and it was on a weird – I don't know if it was a Thursday night or a Friday night, but it was, it was a, on a Wednesday it was a weird n- night game, right? Yeah. Now, some of those things I think probably – you could draw a parallel to Hard Rock Stadium, right? Miami. It's it, the the crowd was live. I don't even. They, well, the place was like half full the week later for playing Virginia Tech. So it was like it was a rare culmination of you know it was a the confluence of every possible thing. Right. All the fans, all the media, the game day, the 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 celebrities in South Beach, the the night game, the two top ten teams. I mean, everything just totally lines up for that game, right? Now Syracuse wasn't quite quite to that degree against uh, Clemson. But I think the point in that one was that probably meant more to Syracuse than it did to Clemson. The thing that's disturbing to me about this Miami game is it seemed to me it was apparent that Miami cared more than Notre Dame did. And if I think back over Brian Kelly's tenure, yeah, I remember these Michigan games. We used to we used to get killed or choke away these Michigan games very early in the Brian Kelly era, and we used to always say, "God, it seems like Michigan comes in and they care so much more about this game." Whereas Notre Dame's like, "It's just a business trip. It's just another game. Right. We take them one game at a time. This game has no more importance to us than any other game." And it's like, "Well, that's not the case for Michigan, and that wasn't the case for Miami." Um, so it's hard to say. I mean, Georgia played at Auburn again. Auburn, the place was rocking, right? Yeah. So it, it, those are scenarios where it's it's hard to to go into somebody else's house. I get it, but you know, can can does Urban Meyer get a pass when when he lets uh, Iowa put fifty five points on him? Yeah, I think he does because the guy's got what three rings? Yeah, right. four. I don't know, but I think he he gets the benefit of the doubt. Um, Jimbo Fisher for this year, 2017. The guy's going to get the benefit of the doubt because he's won a national championship. Yeah. And look, it's we're not. It doesn't matter if we think Brian Kelly should have or should not have got the benefit of the doubt after last year. If you go back and listen to the shows, we didn't think that he did. But the reality is, he got it. He did get the benefit of the doubt, and the guy's back this year. Yeah. The question really remains, though. Was that a function of a perfect storm in Miami of their crowd being hype and everything else? Part, partly, I think. But what's disturbing is that it the stage was the biggest, the lights were the brightest, the the stakes were the highest. Notre Dame's top ten, Miami's top ten. Game day's here. It's a prime time, eight p.m. Everything you could possibly want. And it looks awful lot like the national championship game, and it looks awful lot like the Fiesta Bowl, which are the other biggest, brightest stages. And don't say, well, you said Brian Kelly doesn't win big games, and he beat NC State at home. Listen, beating NC State in South Bend in front of your friendlies, is that's different. That yeah. is way different than going down to Miami. Yeah. No, and I think I made the argument earlier this year, the only thing you could remotely say was a big game was USC. And again, I think that it was but, just but a here's scenario the thing, where... The same thing. Notre Dame clearly cared more about that game than you. And I, I'm not using that to minimize the win. It was a great feeling. I yeah. loved it. But but USC was probably walking in like, yeah, this doesn't really impact the Pac-12. Yeah, we'd like to win. But Notre Dame was cl- uh, it was extra special juiced up for that game where it was just another game to USC. Right. They came in how Notre Dame used to walk into Ann Arbor. Well, and I agree. And I think that was the first game that Notre Dame said, hey, now we have to prove that this is legitimate, you know, and to, you know, I wonder if when Notre Dame went down to Miami, and I, I just think we have to talk about this a little bit before we get in the Navy. I wonder if Notre Dame, is this a problem where they just don't believe that they are that good or are they not used to going in and saying, you have to amp up to that level to win big college football games like in October, November? That's just the level you have to be on. You can't do the business trip. And and I think maybe the grinded out running style, which we all love, has almost muted the whole thing to say, like, you still got to get really, really amped up for a game like that, even though you're going to pound and, and try well, to run the ball. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I, I was thinking to myself, you know, Colin Cowherd, Cowherd had said, you know, Notre Dame peak. I mean, he said it looked like Notre Dame peaked against USC. And, and he called him one-dimensional one and everything else, and we went on the show. that You can go back and listen to it, and we kind of d- dissected his argument piece by piece. 
let me ask you this. Did Notre Dame peak against USC? Well, they, they played NC State the next week, right? So they had at least one more after. I can't remember exactly how it went, but they had another huge... Well, it wasn't 49-14. to 14. It was a nice win. I mean, they, they, they beat NC State soundly. Yeah. I mean, there's no question about that. You know, I, I think what happened with, with Cowherd, as we talked about on one of the previous podcasts, I think that Notre Dame... I think when you look at ret- in retrospect now, I think Notre Dame did peak in that game because you look at the result... Nowhere else were they playing a ranked quality opponent, and and you know the weight game was the first. I mean, NC State was like fourteenth. They they were fourteenth. Notre Dame was ninth, so yeah. they were ranked. I mean, I they, think I think NC State was. But they were was an, at least they, kind of an imposter top ten, fifteen. But it top, was top fifteen. It was team. at least comparable to USC. I think Wake Forest was the first wobble through the steering wheel. Right, it was the first vibration For in sure. the steering wheel, and then all of a sudden in Miami, like there was a severe. Severe malfunction that everybody detected. Now, where where Cowherd was wrong is he was talking about how they were so full of you know seniors and all that kind of stuff, and that's the well, reason they had peaked. And he I, said their line was, I mean, look, you got McGlinchey and Nelson. I mean, that's that's part partially right. Yeah, I mean, they they have some older guys that have, could potentially come back, but that's not the point. I mean, not, I think his argument was wrong. It, Let me say this: I think his his argument about the line was inaccurate. I do think that Notre Dame kind of did peak. Now that I look at that, it retrospect, it but it seems I think, like they did peak. Then I that's think the they funniest. Peaked, that's the craziest thing. But I think they peaked in their belief of what they were capable of. Well, well that's the. It was like last year we were four and eight guys. I mean, what else is there to do? We beat USC. We're we're seven and one at that point. So now we're getting somewhere. I had seen on Twitter. This is just a random question. I I assume you have didn't see this, so I'd like to get your reaction to this. Someone had said it it appears that Brian Kelly was basically neutered at the end of last season. Like Swerbert comes in, like, look, dude, get rid of all your buddies. This ain't working. We can't, and everybody knows they can't fire him because they just gave him a six year deal, right? The buyout's Mm -hmm. too big. So Kelly knows he can't get fired. They know they can't fire him. So everybody knows that he's eating his porridge this year, right? right? You know, it's like, Hey, look, you know, you're done picking you. You sat down and got fat on Fanta and, and fruit roll-ups, you know, and now we're coming in and we're making your meal and you're going Mm -hmm. on special food, right? You know, yeah. you're eating special foods from here on out, right? So they came down and laid down the law. So, the, so the the comment was I saw on Twitter was like, "Hey, you know, Brian Kelly got neutered. Somebody kind of said these are the guys that you need to go for." Kelly was very hands off, like. F you guys, like you tell me what to do, you know, fine, fine, exactly fine. fine. So he's totally hands off. Let's see your assistants. Let's see how they do. So he's very aloof, very standoffish. And now he wants a bite of the apple. Doesn't do anything. And then one, two, three, four, five games into it, five and a half, six games into it. This thing's looking pretty damn good. And he's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Look, but you know, then got guys like Cowherd saying, well, this is, you know, Notre Dame's one dimensional, you know, yada, yada. And then Kelly sees, you know, he's like, okay, well, now we got a little bit of hype train rolling. Everybody's shelling out $28 for a 33 trucking hat yeah. that they're not going to get for three weeks until it's irrelevant, you know, whatever. So, and th- so the person's statement was so then Kelly starts to get his hands in the mix a little bit, like, yeah. hey, you know, yeah. And oh, by the way, I don't know if you've noticed, but Notre Dame was breaking teams. They broke Temple, they broke BC, they broke Miami of Ohio, they broke uh, Michigan State, North Carolina, USC, NC State. Wake Forest was the first game where we, and I said it, I go, why this looks different? It's not just that Wake scored 37 points, but Wake also didn't give up. Right. That was the first team Notre Dame did not break. Notre Dame clearly did not break Miami. They broke themselves. And and a lot of teeth gnashing and, and pearl clutching on this Navy game is yeah. Notre Dame did not break Navy either. But you shouldn't be surprised about Navy not giving up. I sure as hell wasn't. No, I wasn't either. But but I don't know. if Do you, do you think there's any, because is there any legit, possible legitimacy to the Kelly standoff like hey fine whatever you got you know like he's not that he's being forced to coach but he, there were a lot of changes that were not his that he didn't necessarily want to want to embrace he's like whatever I'm stuck here I gotta do it and then it started working but he couldn't leave it alone of course there is I did see that tweet because I think you've overestimated my ability to actually do work the week of Thanksgiving are you I, on Twitter I, I did <laughs> are you even on Twitter I, here's what's happening what's your handle with all the I am at ND McFly gotcha. with all this political stuff I I, I think I, I don't think I've ever tweeted anything political anything about all the current events of the day and I just that's I, that's why I don't tweet anything because I'm worried that something like that'll come out I, I just I can't deal with any of that. However, I did see that, and I think it's a completely fair assessment of what's going on. To me, the better analogy would be something you and I have always experienced, which was the kid is like, I'm going to take my ball and go home, right? And then you're like, 
fine, fine. And then the kids, as he's walking away, and then all of a sudden the other kids start having fun, and the yeah. kid has to come back, tail yeah. between his legs, and oh, I want to play again, you know, which is something we, everybody, I think, understands. The reason I say well, that look, there has to be- that's how we were, too, totally, as Notre absolutely. Dame starts becoming more successful at absolutely. the beginning of the year, right? Absolutely. We did, sure. we did the same thing with the podcast. And the reason I say that that's true, which we've mentioned ad nauseum on this podcast, and you've seen in other places, if, if that wasn't the case- Kelly would have gone to this MO at some point in his career at Notre Dame. He would have tried this. You would it, think. It did not show up until Chip Long showed up. Now, it's ironic that a new coordinator, it's like, I'm coming to town with my new whiz-bang gimmicky book, and it's run the football, which yeah. you've talked about yeah. for 10 years. It's just the way it went down. It was a, it was a noted departure from what Kelly liked to do offensively. Yeah, which the is defense. why which is why everybody was on board. They're like, hey, this is something we can totally embrace. Right. And Notre Dame's out kicking people's asses doing it. Yeah, and the defense was a noticeable departure from giving a chimp, you know, a dry erase board, which is seemingly yeah. what happened previously with the defensive side of the ball. The defense is not exactly. I mean, really, you could just get like it, you could right? get like a chimp and just feather its hair and and just make its facial hair a little bit more like into a goatee. Like you just could, hitting buttons. You could totally you, know? you could totally work a BVG yeah, chimp yeah. meme so, out there. Of, of course that happened. And but again, to be fair to Brian Kelly, what you just said is also true. A ton of fans did the exact same thing. No, a ton right. of fans did the exact yes. same thing. None of us are getting paid millions of dollars to throw tantrums and then come back once we see that mm-hmm. logic and common sense actually have prevailed and we, we've been proven well, wrong well, by, by... And we'll get to that you know because I mean? there is still a fork in that road too. But just to, just to uh, take this thing to completion here, I just thought it was interesting that... When that per- when, when Notre Dame quote unquote peaked, as Cowherd said, USC. When this person said, "Hey, maybe Kelly starts to get involved now," that somebody called his offense one dimensional. Oh, you think we're one dimensional? Oh, you don't think Wimbush can pass? Mm-hmm. Oh, look, I got my boy Coach Tom Reason here. Let me show you the magic I can have him work with right. Brandon Wimbush. And what's funny is. Notre Dame, 53 rushing attempts against NC State. Notre Dame, 44 rush attempts against Wake. Notre Dame, 36 rush attempts against Miami. Notre Dame, 29 rush attempts against Navy. Now, in fairness, Navy holds on to the ball for umpteen million seconds. You're never going to get yeah, it. Like I hold on to a box of Cheez-Its. I mean, it's just not going back. So... so. You know, that that's they're dramatically less plays run against Navy. But if you notice, Notre Dame's no longer breaking people. They the 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 cracks in the finish are starting to finally show in this Wake Forest game. They really uh, you you're completely de-pantsed in Miami. And if you look at this power run team with the very hands off, uh, I don't know if you know what looked like just Chip Long's baby of hashtag RTDB run down people's throats. The the pass attempts are going up. Yeah. They're chucking the ball around a little bit more, it, and and the running attempts go down. And look, don't get me wrong, I love seeing Kevin Stefferson, you know. But this that was a hallmark of a the, the Navy game was a Brian Kelly esque game. Oh, absolutely, dick around the entire time, totally, and then go to your best player, Will Fuller, Kevin Stefferson, yeah. whoever it is. In this case, it was Stefferson. Go to your best player and have him bail you out at the end. Yeah, this yeah. looked very Kelly esque. No, absolutely, and I think that it's it's only fair to say that that is what happened with Brian Kelly. Look, look, I hate to get biblical on you guys, but this is Peter walking on the water, and then the winds pick up. Oh, by the way, yeah. that happened against Miami. Do you get you know? Do you get the allegory yep. here? Yep. That's what happened. You start to look around, the winds picking up, the waves. Yeah, chip, chips, chips you over lose. here with the with the run with the run plays. Like, just look at me, Brian. Just look, just at, look me. at me. Forty nine to twenty. You thirty eight to look eighteen. Around Hard Rock 52 Stadium. to 17, 33 to 10, you start, 49, 14, you start USC. Sinking. Look at me. No, right, right. here. Pay attention. And Pay attention. And you cry out, Wimbush, save me. You yeah. know, throw it, right? And so so you lost faith. And I think that that's what happened was not only that was Kelly sucked back in, but it also shows you that here's the tragedy of Notre Dame and what has happened this season as I see it. You talked a lot about how they were breaking teams, and that takes a collective will and spirit, if you will. Now, you know, we're say, we're saying that um, without some of the statistics that we've thrown out in previous podcasts, but I believe that's a huge part of college football. And the problem with Notre Dame, as I see it, is the expectation that Notre Dame is should be a playoff team, it's there. It's in the DNA. It's what we talk about on our podcast. It's what the players actually believe in their heart. They have the gold helmets. They have the new stadium. Everybody knows we should be a playoff team, and it just shows you the they, power of psychology. They've got the talent. They've got the resources. There's absolutely but, no reason. 
exactly. that Notre Dame has been as has been as underachieving well, me, of a program. And, and let me as they stop you. And let me stop years. you. The talent and resources is what we all used to say to each other last year. They have now the demonstrable evidence six weeks in a row that they can do this against marquee teams. They did it against Michigan State. They did it against USC, NC State. I agree, those aren't Miami at Hard Rock. But now we had tangible proof this season that we were able to do this against anybody, almost anybody. I mean, were they going to beat my, you know, were they going to beat Alabama by 28? No. no. But if Notre Dame put up that but, USC but, game but against Alabama, Alabama is more talented than Notre Dame. Auburn is more talented than Notre Dame. Georgia is probably similar, sure, sure. similar. Miami's not. I mean, I mean, they've got good players, but my, across the board, I mean, Miami doesn't have, well, they're, they're not loaded like Notre Dame. It's just so a completely no different thing. They're not I that mean, good of a team. Yeah. I know you guys probably hate all the analogies, but Notre Dame is like the slow, chugging diesel burning engine and it was just has a raw horsepower but no acceleration right and miami was like the acura integra you know what i mean it's like nsx cold air intake you know yeah whatever mid-engine if that's your bag nope you know what i mean everything revs at nine thousand. that's what miami was and it was just notre dame was coughing and billowing diesel smoke yeah. you know and all of a sudden like that you know the machine somebody needed to to grease something on it, and it, it just wasn't working, and they yeah. got whizzed by by Miami. I guess the final thing for me, just just to that whole cowherd point, and then we'll get back into some of these questions you got here and attack a little bit more Navy, and then we can talk a little more macro after that. But I just think it's really crazy because – you know, Cowherd called him one-dimensional. You know, that probably, for Kelly, who thinks he's the passing guy and has Wimbush, you know, I'm sure that kind of amped him up a little bit. Like, we'll go out and show him. And they did throw a little bit more against Wake, but, I mean, gosh, the passing in this Navy game was was, was pretty rough, man. It yeah. was pretty rough. And Wimbush came out and said, hey, the weather was bad. As the weather got better, my passing got better, too. And it's like, okay, well – did, what genius didn't figure this out from last year, you know? Uh, well, not only that, you're right. It's like, hey, well, just it kind of stinks. You play in South Bend, and it's yeah. not a dome. I but mean, I, you got to get used to that. But I just I just find it – it's just crazy, man, that the, the more that they try to – try. It, here's what I really see, and this is what's the frustrating thing for me because I was having – everybody's like – Oh man, you can't. Why are you so mad about them being nine and two and they're top ten? They were four and eight last year. It's like, yeah, they were, and they sucked. And their coach, you know, did a horrible job. And and I was happy to turn around my my feelings the first half of this year because the way that they were winning football games, it's something that people will embrace. Were they one dimensional? Yes. Did I give a shit? Hell no. I thought it was great. The craziest thing is the more that they are trying to be two-dimensional, the worse they are being at even being one-dimensional. They're not even a good running team right now. Well, and the defense has gotten worse, too, because, they're again, they're all feeding they're on off the, the field, energy. And they're on the field more. Look, anybody that says, look, it, it's too early to be able to remove yourself, look at the overall record, and be like, compared to last year, you should be so happy. No, the way it happens matters in college football. Look at the playoff rankings. Look at the way teams are ranked. Look at the manifestation of the way a season goes for any particular team. If Notre Dame had won two games against, let's just say they played BC and Temple to open the season, right? And Notre Dame was 2-0. and And then let's say, bang, bang, they lose to Georgia and they lose to Miami. In week four on this podcast, we'd be talking about how Brian Kelly couldn't do it against the big teams, right? Had nothing for any marquee opponent, no matter what. And this was exactly, this was going to look exactly like 2015, maybe even 2014. And even if they peeled off all the other victories they had this year, well, at least they had some dignity against USC and, you know, North Carolina was banged up. If you just shuffle the games around, you could you can construct a completely different yeah. narrative. And the story was Notre Dame still had it. They still had it after that Georgia game. And that's why Miami was so disappointing because like half of your faith is shaken, right? It's like the first scary thunderbolt, you know, it's like, is this whole thing going to go? And then the Miami game just, it removed all doubt. Like, I mean, it pulled the trap door out. Well, under. Immediately, well, and it, it was like this. This is not what and I it thought opened it was. the door for for Fire Kelly talk. Yeah, I mean, it did. Right. And and for me personally, I mean, look, you know, I was we we were very very anti Brian Kelly coming back in 2017 <laughs> last year. We were at the front of. I mean, we were carrying pitchforks and 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 leading the charge, right? Mm-hmm. And he came back, and it's like it is what it is. You just got to deal with it. And the way that the season started, 
I was like, look, man, this is looks like what Brian Kelly 2.0. It's a different guy. I mean, you felt like it was. He was hands off. The the coordinators that he hired were doing uh, very good jobs. Uh, the offense looked like something that Notre Dame fans want it to look like, and everybody was happy. Um, now it's different. I mean, it's it's changed somewhat. Now it hasn't changed completely. They haven't fallen apart. There's again, the craziest thing is they're still in the top ten in the playoff rankings, right? Yeah. But you know, you've seen Kelly blow the Fiesta Bowl, blow the blow the national championship game, blow this Miami. I mean, I'm just thinking of every like 8 p.m. game possible yeah. where they weren't at home. I mean, Clemson was close, but no cigar. Florida State was close, but no. So, I mean, it's there's I'm not saying he's never won anything of importance, but man, it just seems like so many of these things go the wrong way. Yeah, it's like so, ABC, eight o'clock, you know. Yeah. So the question is now it's like, you know, how do we at what point are do you jump back on the fire Kelly train? Are you on it? How do you need to see the Stanford game go? Did Navy give you reservations? I know there's a lot of people that are just pissed about the way that they won against Navy. What do you need to see, or like where are you at personally as a fan right now? Well, let me say this first of all, and I I don't want to completely just dismiss the Navy game, but we've seen enough Navy. First of all, Navy is so much better with Coach Ken than they were, and forget the 43 game win streak. I think a lot of people still think Navy's just a lay down victory, and it's not. L- Navy is a tough team hey, to play. Ken Niamatololo is a better coach than Brian Kelly. I think he's more committed to his plan. He's I'm not a better even, coach. I'm not even. I'm, I don't even know if he's a better coach. He's more committed to his thing. And well, he's he got a plan. He has a plan. <laughs> right there. He's I mean, a tactician he has more a than Kelly. There's he no doubt. He sticks to it, and and he does more with less talent than well, any the, coach yeah, in America. Yeah, of course. Any there's coach no in doubt. America. There's no doubt. I mean, the guy is. Uh, I have the most respect for him, and. They have. The, I I say it. I say it all the time. People laugh at me. I would take Kenny Amatolo at no, Notre Dame I, I, in a heartbeat. And I, I would that. take him in a heartbeat. And their success, their success is coming from something that's relatively niche. We only see it with a couple schools outside of the academies, and they have it honed, and they do very, very well. Yeah. It's very pesky. And, and you know what? And everybody hates playing him. How everybody awesome, hates it. Wouldn't that be awesome if everybody hated playing Notre Dame? Nobody hates playing Notre Dame right now, right? Nobody and, hates playing well, Notre Dame. And then Miami's maybe, like, bring them snooty bitches on. Let's yeah, go. I, I, I'm Absolutely. I'm gonna do a perp walk down the sideline wearing my turnover yeah. chain. They want to play right, Notre Dame, exactly. no doubt. Nobody's afraid. Of and them. here's the funny thing with Navy: like it's so conflicted because you do hate playing Navy. Every year, there's people like because of the cut blocks, the injuries, <laughs> remove them from the schedule, and then there's like mutual alma mater respect. Yeah, it's like you have to love these. It's like a it's like a family member you really don't like, but you have to because you're related. That's what Navy is. It is every year because of that. I don't place any emphasis on yeah, the Yeah, but here's the thing. Navy. Navy's like your uncle that was, you know, that was in the military. He's like, "What are you wearing an earring? What are you wearing an earring for, boy?" You yeah, know? right. What are you, what are you going to wear a purse now? And yeah, you're like, and you're "Dude, just, come on, man." Yeah, you're killing it's Thanksgiving. Me. It's I'm hip. just trying to. I'm just. But try- you have to respect him because you know, the dude like it, fought for the country. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, he, and yeah. he's looking at you like he'll snap you in half yeah, if and you he, don't just right, keep your mouth shut. Right, and he and would. So I I put no bearing on Navy because of that. It's a tough team to play. They have Notre Dame's number, so to speak. They've played Notre Dame before. They get hype. It's always at Notre Dame somehow. I feel like the game is at Notre Dame every yeah. year. I, I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. Um, <laughs> but here's the here's the funny thing that's happened to me. Maybe I'm just getting old, man. I'm you know we're just get off around, my lawn, just running around with the kids. I I feel like if anything, <laughs> I've definitely moved back from where I was last year with Kelly. Absolutely, I've moved back. And if what do you I mean, had walk back off walk, the fire, Kelly yes, train. Absolutely, okay. absolutely. And here's the thing: if you believe that Kelly if 2.0. If you believe that's a thing at all, I think you have to say, I'm interested in where this could go. Now, again, this is probably predicated on the coordinators being there. And let me stop you before you interrupt me. Like, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be predicated upon Chip Long and Mike Elko being there. But it seems like that's the only way we do it. Here's the thing. Do I want to see more of Brian Kelly from the opening week up until Wake? Yes, I do. I would love to see them kick off next year and do the exact same thing with a different schedule and a different set of circumstances and variables. I I have no problem watching the Notre Dame team we saw for games one through nine. That would be fantastic. But again, if he's reverting back to something he was, if he's lost the belief, if he's sinking in the water because he saw the wind and waves... I'm not interested. Okay, that, that that that's a better question. And I don't do, know. Do you believe? 
Do you believe the Brian Kelly 2.0 narrative? Do you think it's a real thing, or is that just a figment of our imagination? I think the tweet you mentioned is closer to the truth than what anybody else has done. Did Kelly wake up and say, look in the mirror and say, I got to change because this isn't working? I don't believe that. He, I think which his is, hand was which, forced. And we said at the beginning, like it just seemed like maybe these coordinators were not necessarily picked, but it's like, here's three guys. You tell me which one you want, but you're getting rid of your buddies. I think his hand was forced, yeah. and it started to breed some success. And what do you do at that point? Are you going to get up there and be like, well, we're not doing what I want to do in my heart, but we're stomping every single team that's yes, in front of us. That's the thing. If of you're not, not such a conceited dick, just let let go of your ego and sure. let the thing run its course. Again, we're speculating here, but that seems to make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really does. That that theory just seems to make sense. Which be- then begs the question. I mean, if I could, here's for me. I mean, I can I can deal with Brian Kelly 2.0 being around. I can deal with the brand of football that we saw for the first eight games. I can deal with all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And not even the fact that you're just absolutely, you know, Hulk smashing everybody. That's neat. I'm not saying that every single game needs to go like that. Georgia was a competitive game that with a few tweaks to a game plan could have been a win. It, but it was competitive. They didn't get their door. Miami. Different story, right? Yeah. I mean, just yeah. different story. Well, here's here's the thing. Here's what I here's what I actually said at the end of last year. I said if Kelly is even remotely capable of doing the big thing, what you're going to have to see is a complete 180. That's what we said at the end of last year, and lo and behold, that's what happened. And that's the reason why I think I've been so interested in what's developed this year is because I said. It's, you know, we talked about probable and possible. We talked a lot about that last year and earlier this year as well in some podcasts. And I said, you know, if Kelly does this 180, if he looks like a different guy and acts like a different guy, and, you know, strangely, that's what happened because we know that they listen to this podcast. I'm very interested. You know what I mean? If he's reverting, I'm not. But here's the thing. What was missing from the Miami game? I just don't believe if Notre Dame went down there with the exact same game that they played they against USC. They were scared, dude. They exactly. were scared. So and, if Notre and, Dame and took that thing. USC game they, down there, they would have won. Yes. They would have won. But they felt and this and here's what here's why Again, I think you could if you could draw one side. If you want to be positive, you can say, hey, "Look, my, the Miami thing is just like Clemson going into Syracuse, uh, or or even Georgia losing to Auburn." You know, a super hyped. St- now, I believe Auburn is that good, but but Syracuse is clearly not as good as as Clemson. Super hype stadium, you know, perfect storm, you know, just a weird night for Clemson to be playing, you know, everything went right for the other guy, their QB got hurt, whatever, okay, so just, it's a culmination thing. So if you want to say that's a one-off, I okay, you know, I can give you that, but there's also a lot of evidence of games like this and Brian Kelly's tenure that have gone this way, so it's hard to dispute somebody that would say that. I agree. And, and the reality of it is... It looked so much like the when we said it in the in the in the post game live show. It was a death bucket game. Yeah. They came in not having any clue what to expect and being so outmatched in intensity and focus and the, uh, yeah, I know the the environment was electric and the caller that said would that game have been different if they hit that deep pass to ESB? I think it was ESB right off the. I don't know if it would have changed a whole lot, but maybe that takes us a little bit of air out of the crowd and at least buys you some time. Either way, I mean, Kelly was appeared to be so afraid of that situation and so whether they even if it is a brian kelly 2.0 that that puts these game plans out that would travel if you if you go uh into a place where you can't get up for it or that you doubt your your what has got you there you're like you know what I don't think we can run against these guys. And so we're really not going to try. We're going to try all this other stuff. That's what they did against Alabama. They're like, you know what? We can't compete with these guys because they're just – you could. it was written on their face. Yeah, it was so yeah. obvious. They walked in thinking First series. That, that we have no chance against these guys unless we do goofy, cute stuff. And then they're throwing 900 passes to Eifert and abandoning yeah. everything else. And you're like – what the hell are you doing? Why are you being so playing so scared? And that's exactly what it looked like yeah. in Miami. And, and so, and that's a Brian Kelly team. Brian Kelly 2.0 still had the same hallmarks of 1.0 in that regard of just of completely abandoning what had got you there and not even trusting it, not even trying it really. Yeah, I agree with that. But here's here's what I think is interesting, and this is the reason why I've moved away from the whole fire Brian Kelly thing as it is right now. 
I agreed that those two games looked eerily similar. They looked very, very similar. However, if you go back to 2012, which again, we talked about, I think what happened in the Alabama game, the way it manifested was the same as Miami. But Notre Dame really kind of got exposed as an imposter in 2012. We talked a lot about how the defense was very stout. The offense was suspect. There were some heroics by Golson as they worked through that season. But you're talking about beating teams like Pittsburgh in overtime. You're talking about squeaking by Purdue earlier in the year. The same team that squeaks by Purdue in a lazy Saturday afternoon in South Bend is the same team that plays Alabama in the national championship. They were exposed as an imposter. Now, this year against Miami, I believe that Notre Dame was a really, really good team that did not show up. They absolutely did not show up for the game. I don't I don't believe this year that Notre Dame got exposed for being lesser yeah. quality like they did no, in 2012. I don't know if Notre Dame did, but Brian Kelly got exposed. Maybe. maybe. Brian sure, Kelly got sure. exposed in this game. That's what it is. That's the difference. Brian Kelly was, it was able to stay committed to a, a system. Well, again, whether he hired the guys, the guys were pushed on him, however the coordinators got here, the reality is it's clear as day that Kelly was very hands-off from the beginning. They had a, a, a defined system of just running the running the living, beat the brakes off of everybody until they caved, until those teams gave up. They were like, we don't want any more of this. Adams gets two more 60-yard runs. This this, this margin of victory the margin of victory gets to 20 plus and every and every, you know, grouchy bastard like me walks away home thinking, "Yeah, we just ran the ball for 350 yards." But, but Kelly was exposed in that Miami game because he had had demonstrated that he had never learned how to deal with that big environment and yep. he and he's in apparently or at least in, on that night and really a little bit in wake before that and and more so in navy the week after it has sort of abandoned that formula and that's why look i I can't i put the fire brian kelly thing on pause at the beginning of this year i mean we ran through last year i made my parting shots you know comment i was i was pissed off and and you know but you knew he was back and so you're gonna support the guy that's i mean you want Notre Dame to do well Right, yeah, yeah. you know, so it's it was on pause, and then they start doing good and, and better and better and better, and just like Brian Kelly probably is thinking, we're all like, hey man, this thing is looking pretty decent. Right, maybe we should belly up to the. Uh... Give me one of those hats. <laughs> you guys got any more of them hats? <laughs> yeah, with right. Thirty three on it. Yeah, maybe I'll wear one. Uh, maybe I'll do. Yeah, you're right. You know. So what are you saying? Like you don't but, attribute enough of it to Kelly to say? That... I don't know, but here's yeah. for me. Here's 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 what I will say uh, vis a vis Stanford, and then the bowl game um you know and and really this team could still go nine and four uh i think that would be bad if they did yeah um that was what i said at the beginning of the year i don't really care about predictions at this point but that's still on the table um but here for me so here's the thing like however stanford uh, uh, all right put it this way if they lose to stanford i'm back on the fire kelly train okay i am okay because that's that's a that's a three loss regular season, which is like whatever, man. Come on, that there's there's nothing good. good. Yeah, I mean there's no. And then you beat some scrub opponent in a bowl game, and who cares? I mean that's that that's not exciting. That's no that's not really progress. If they beat Stanford, here's for me. Here's what I want to see. Here's what I need to see. I need to see Notre Dame beat Stanford. I don't care how they beat Stanford. Do you know how many times we've said if Notre Dame loses to X team, I'm I'm saying fire Brian Kelly. And like, look, I'm not I saying said it's fire not Brian Kelly but... nine thousand times last year. But the the first half of this year was different than anything we've ever seen ever. That, that's true, including 2012, including and, 2015. And, and so and so so anybody I think that's being intellectually honest has to look at that and say, is this guy changed? Now you have one massive outlier with this Miami thing that that harkens back to some of the the nasty losses that we saw on on Brian Kelly quote unquote 1.0. So and and and, and so it's you you have to decide is this the same guy who just was hands off in the first six games who really can't stay hands off more than half a season. Mm-hmm. Who's who's the Tigers' stripes don't change, or is it someone who's turned over a new leaf who just had a bad night against Miami? I think it's too early to judge that right now for me personally, and I'm a harsh critic. But here's what I can tell you: I think that Notre Dame needs to win a New Year Six Bowl for me to continue to support 
Brian Kelly being the head coach of Notre Dame. Because that's the one thing they haven't done. If they beat Stanford and they go to another bowl game and they get their asses run out of the gym like they did against Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl, then then the, the narrative that Brian Kelly can't win a major bowl game, they can't win a big game, the national championship, the Fiesta Bowl, whatever, you know, New Year's Six Bowl that they get blown out in this year, it's all the same to me. Then that would say that that not only did Notre Dame peak against USC, that Brian Kelly peaked for at Notre Dame as a coach some year back. I don't know when it is. Right. Right. This this year would be no different than 2015. Nice year, double-digit win total, people that aren't very discerning or people that are easy to please that just look for a, just a generic number like, hey, it was double-digit wins, it ain't too bad. You know, administration is just counting the dollar bills from the, from the you know, Rockney jersey sales and 33 trucking hats. They're all hunky-dory. But if you look under the skin of this thing, you say, man, really every good team that they played, they end up losing to. Yeah. Yeah, and no maybe SE ends up being a little bit better. Who knows? But but for them to lose a New Year's Six Bowl, I think this is I think this is no different than 2015 or 2012 or any of these other years where it's like yeah it was nice, but when push came to shove and you had a chance to do something big, you didn't do it. Right. How? But if they win a New Year's Six, that no. When's the last time Notre Dame won a major bowl? Yeah, so it's like thirty years. Yeah, no doubt. You I mean, can't even. I, I don't even remember. I mean, I don't even want to take the time to go research it because it'll take twenty minutes. Yeah, I, I think, don't even know. I think Josh had tweeted it. Ninety eight. Yeah, it's, it's insane. Ninety eight. Right. Here, so, here's, here's, so, and here's that's a and that's a monkey that needs to get off. No, our back and Kelly's. If he wins a major bowl game in a ten win season, I think that's the momentum that he would go to a playoff game next year potentially. No, I think that's a great case. And and to me that that answers the question. If he wins that New Year's six bullets, what did you do with your wins this year? What did you do with them? Because we've seen a lot of wins. Like what did you do with your twenty twelve wins? Well you completely squandered that in the national championship game. You know what I mean? In twenty fifteen, like you said, twenty fifteen was Notre Dame's schedule. I mean it was the fact that we, we go back to the resources and the talent they have. They beat every Everybody that Notre Dame should be able to beat because they have the, they have gold helmets. They had a bunch of injuries. And they lost everybody. I they mean, they had tons lose. of injuries, so it was it was it was somewhat impressive. They didn't came sure, completely crater sure. like Jimbo Fisher has for Florida State this year. Yeah, but he, nevertheless, every good team you played, you lost. To. Right, I mean, right, and that's true. Here's the season that everybody just magically glosses over and doesn't talk about, and this is what I think is the most interesting about this year. It's 2014. Notre Dame was on an absolute burner at the beginning of 2014. They went in to play Florida State. They were undefeated. They were top 10. Florida State was top 10. That game was at night. We had a live show. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Um, Maybe the blame falls on us. Notre Dame was on an upward trajectory. They were 7-0? 7-0? I think they were 6-0. I could be wrong about that. I don't know if you can bring it up. But they they were going very, very well. And when everything's good, everybody's happy. Maybe there was a hat being sold that year. It was probably, you know, for somebody else. But yes. And what happened in that game was the spirit of Notre again, the, the winds and the waves scared Notre Dame to the point where they just started sinking, and all the games after that were almost irrelevant. I mean, what happened following the Florida State game of that year? Look at look at the next game. That wh- who was it? Who did they play the next week? And what did it look like? Yeah, a knockdown, yep. bruise them up Navy yeah, game. Very similar. Then to they this. had a debacle against Arizona State, which is potentially what could happen with Stanford. And then Northwestern. And then this became Golson's undoing. Northwestern right? the game was so irritating in overtime. I was at the Louisville game. I can't believe that they lost. So pissed yeah. that they lost that game. And then the USC game, which was an absolute. Just they were decimated. I yeah. mean that that was that was the beginning of of Malik Zaire. So here. here Here's the thing. Here's what I think the the end-all story is on Kelly, which everybody knows this, but it bears repeating. What Kelly seems to be missing is not just the big game thing. What he seems to be unable to harness is to get the belief of college football players and hold the line on that throughout a season. When they've won some games, the momentum goes, but when they lose one, the whole thing unravels. And I don't know if that's because he can't keep his poker face, you know, because sometimes when you lose the game, maybe as the older statesman and the coach, you go, you know, I don't even really know if this is possible anymore, but I got to go in there and I got to convince these guys again that we're still in it, you know, and we're still the team and all that. And maybe he just doesn't have the the tact to go in and be able to do that. But this is what's scary about this year. And this is why the New Year's Six Bowl is important to me, not because it's a New Year's Six, but it's because... Which part of this Notre Dame season are you gonna are you gonna put the exclamation point on when it comes to bowl season? Because they're gonna get a bowl either way, right? And so if you beat Stanford and you go to a New Year's six, then we get to go to that 
pre-Miami time frame this year and say, that was you. That was your season. That's who you were. And that's a Brian Kelly team I'd love to watch again. But if you were the Wake Forest, Miami, Navy, you know, yeah. Stanford, and then get smoked by Ohio State, if that's what your season becomes, and yeah. it does kind of hinge on the bowl game, well, and that's, I'm not interested, well, and that, right? And, and that's and ultimately, so really, what it boils down to is you have a lot of you have a lot of smoke, uh, and but, but and maybe the the first sight of fire that this is Brian Kelly 2.0 is real. And then you have a major flashback of Brian Kelly 1.0. So you're kind of stuck in this area because, look, I mean, as much as as I've been so disappointed with this guy's career, it's just, I mean, the last seven years have been a lot of disappointment. It's been a lot of, you know, yard points, for lack of a better word. It's just been stat accumulation and win accumulation of things that aren't necessarily material. Yeah. So there's been so much disappointment. It's like, really, if you boil down Kelly's entire tenure, what has he actually done? He he got to the national championship game and lost. Yeah. Yeah. What else has he done? But here's the thing. What else has he done? Seriously. No, no, I agree. That's I agree. It. But here, here's the reason why everybody's like, "Geez, Brian Kelly, you're gonna fire me again." People outside but, of Notre Dame's, but, but but that's the thing. Circle. Everybody else thinks you're a freaking nut because Notre Dame's number sits number eight in the playoff poll right now. Right. So cousin JJ or whoever else, it's like Kelly needs to go. You're like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? Notre Dame is num is number never eight. satisfied. You're right? a number. You're a top ten team. However, they they keep getting close to the mountaintop and falling back down the hill, and it doesn't look like they can ever summit the thing. And now at which point, it. when do you cut bait? Now you've said it. And now, you, now you've said what is happening with Brian Kelly, and this is the reason why this is so eternally complex. And for the sick people among you, this is why it's entertaining. Most 10-win teams, I assume, that are out there, and people are like, you know, they're winning 10 games, 10 games, okay, they win 8, then they win 10. Those losses are interspersed and they're big games or they're games where their weather comes or whatever. But here's what's happened in particular three times now with Brian Kelly, three separate times. You've been strung along and strung along and strung along. The first one was 2012. Before you even knew what was happening, they just didn't lose. And nobody believed Notre Dame even had a remote shot at it. But that one night, and I was here, yeah, you and I yeah. were watching the TV. Kansas I just State, and Oregon, and we were weeping like babies. Notre Dame is number and one. All and the light sudden, up Grace I mean, Hall, baby. It was, like, it was like winning the lottery. You didn't, But either way, it was euphoric. And then and there was no bigger crash after that, obviously, than Alabama. I mean, that took every, every Notre Dame fan's innocence, if they had any, was that one. <laughs> but then 2014, the same thing. It was the particular type of of enthusiasm and crescendo in 2014 where it was like guys this is real this is real we're playing Florida State we are undefeated yeah. this is this is real no i mean beat rice beat michigan 31 nothing beat purdue beat yeah. syracuse beat stanford smoke north carolina all right here you go you're 6 and 0 and you're walking into number 2 florida state at their house and you're feeling confident and notre dame actually showed up in that game which is the sick part they actually showed up but then everything just fell apart because it all relied on this this pristine thing again notre dame is a crystal vase and as soon as the thing gets a crack it doesn't crack it shatters it you know what i'm saying like there's no like let's put some hobby glue on this yeah. right if this thing is this getting this ain't like the uh like it's the, a molecular structure the that beginning can, of goonies where they break off the uh <laughs> break off the fixture of, of mom's uh oh yeah right exactly <laughs> like yeah the entire thing is shattering and it's it's irreplaceable and that's what has happened and lo and behold and the question remains and we're we are teetering right on the edge the vase is teetering right now on this season is this a thing where Notre Dame is just a really good 10-win team and they lost two tough games? Or is this a thing where Notre Dame was going up, 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 well, up, and, up, and, and, 2015 and was, Miami well, ruined it? Yeah, 2015 was a little different. I mean, if you look at it, they won four games, then they played Clemson, and they lost, obviously, in a, you know, in a monsoon. In a, in That's a, why everybody loves 2015, right. because you didn't yeah, have the, because the balloon it was, it deflated. Was four, it was four games and then a real close loss to number 12 Clemson, which if you want to draw a parallel, let's just say that's very similar to a game like Georgia was this year. Absolutely. You, weren't, you weren't embarrassed. Absolutely. They won. They beat Texas. They beat Virginia. Do they have any business beating Virginia by one score? No, but that's another story. Uh, they beat Texas, uh, you know, to open the season. But Virginia. doesn't that Texas game look just like the Michigan one? There's this marquee team that's yeah, actually yeah. down, but you just uh, you kill them. That's how the whole thing starts, right? It good. It's the 31-0 against you know, Michigan. Then, it's then the you 38. Lose, then you, all right, Navy beat USC. 
you know, beat Temple, beat Pitt, beat Wake, beat BC, and then you lose a gut wrencher to Stanford. But Clemson didn't make it fall apart. Yes. That is what I a know. 10 and, win and that was and that was the like. same thing. And and then Stanford was another close one, which if Miami would have been a very competitive game, if Miami would have been thirty eight to forty one instead of forty one to eight and Notre Dame lost in some, you know, fluke fashion to right at the end of the game, then that this would have a very similar feeling to, totally to 2015. Agree. But here's the point. Despite all of that, and despite the fact that they did that with Deshaun Kaiser after after Zaire broke his leg and all this stuff, the reality is you went in and played Ohio State and you got your ass whipped. Oh, yeah. And that's the lasting memory. And if you go back and you look and you say, well, who are the best teams that you played? You played number nine, Stanford. You played number 12 at the time, Clemson. And you played number seven, Ohio State. And you played a ranked Temple that year, yeah, too. Yeah, well, come on. Like, give me a break. I mean, you know. Georgia Tech, Georgia too, Tech yeah. was, 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 you know, come on. Those, we're, those aren't real teams. Yeah. You know, let's, let's be honest here. So you played three top 10 caliber teams and you lost to all of them. Two of them were close and one of them was an embarrassment. Again, that's what we're looking at this year. The Georgia Tech, the Georgia game was close. The Miami game was an embarrassment. How this New Year Six Bowl goes out, if they get there, is is if they don't beat Stanford and win a New Year Six Bowl, I don't see what the point of keeping Brian Kelly is because I just don't think that there's any sign of progress at all. Even the first half of this year where there was a sign of progress, they couldn't even keep it going. And despite all the positivity and all the coach speak and all the bull crap, what you just said is, if look, if we don't beat Stanford and knock somebody out in a New Year's Six, what's the point? And my biggest sneaking fear right now, the biggest fear I hold in my heart is, as soon as Miami completely, you know, completely soul-crushed Notre Dame, my thought is every single player on that team said... What's the point? Yeah. Because we're be. because we're Notre Dame. And I, I like that. However, it's the unfortunate aspect of getting completely demoralized is when you lose a game like that and all of a sudden you go, everything that they say in the media is true. We can't go down at night when it matters and do this. We have to go back to the friendly, comfortable environment of Notre Dame Stadium. Yeah. And that's where we do slug our one, wins. Slug one out with Kenny Amatololo yeah, right. in, in the This is who we belong with. Yeah. Let, let's go be arm in arm with our Navy with our Navy midshipmen brothers and sing all my modern. We don't belong with Turnover Chain. We belong singing a Navy fight song that was written 198 years ago. That's where we should be. You know what I mean? So I, my fear is if Notre Dame lost the belief, they're good enough to beat Stanford. If they go back Doesn't to the running they MO, were good enough to beat Miami. I know. But they're going to – here's here's the scary thing. They're going to beat Stanford. Maybe they beat Stanford by two touchdowns. I still don't know if they go into New Year's Six, and it matters to yeah, them like it, like it, oh, like you, it matters. You mean, you mean you don't know if they go into it like it matters? Like they – I don't know if they're going to pull a Miami. they won't get into it? No, they'll, they'll get one. They'll get one. Yes, There's no question. They'll, yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll get one. I mean, they, I think that's what you have to do. Now, we talk about, you know, like, Brian. if this doesn't happen, then Brian Kelly needs to go. It, the, the reality, I mean, there's a very real possibility that Brian Kelly bails on his own anyways. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, but ne- Nebraska's probably going to be open. Florida's open. <laughs> UCLA's open. Uh, you know, depending on if well, somebody, hires, more. you know, someone might get canned today. And I mean, there, there is a domino effect that it just is nobody's really ready for, but you know, coach coaching carousel season is my favorite. Yeah. And, and so Kelly may be pissed enough, you know, with the way things have gone or, or feel slighted, or maybe it has his, his butt hurt from the way that things ended last year. Who knows? I mean, he, th- that would be the irony is that he beats Stanford. He goes out and wins a New Year's Six Bowl and he bails anyways. And everybody's like, oh, come back. We yeah, didn't really right. want you to leave. But I don't, you know, so I don't know. But for me, at least if I'm going to support him coming back, they got to win a New Year's Six. They have to. That's the only thing that they could. Otherwise, that that's the only thing they haven't accomplished yet. That would show progress. That, that's what it is. That would show progress. I don't even know if it's progress. I feel that like would show it's progress. Well, yeah, but but the thing with this season showed progress, which is why all the people that aren't it saying didn't, fire though. Kelly, it showed progress from four and eight. But that's a shitty benchmark. But, if but you want to use four and eight, saying. nah. But if you want to use four and eight for, as a benchmark, if you want to say that Kelly should stay only because this year's better than last year, then you're a loser. Come on, no, man. I, I four agree. and eight's garbage. I agree. That's garbage. But here's what I'm saying. But I, look I'm not, at his career as a whole. I mean, if, look, if the, 
here's what I'm saying. If a coach is in his third year or his fourth year, okay, I'm interested in progress. I'm interested in progress if you're a new guy. When you've been there, and you, dude, Kelly has a nice groove worn into the seat at this point. I'm He's not, been there for eight look, years. Here's what needs to happen. To me, we've talked about this over and over and over. We've seen the personnel. We've seen the recruiting, which is strangely, it's remained very it's yeah. great in his tenure. The recruiting stay good. The, we, if you're Notre Dame, if you, you can win, bring the coaches I in. mean, recruits fall out of the sky if you win football games. Right. And I know what you're saying about progress, but to me, this is, I, an, I, you listen, have a hole. There's ha- a hole in the resume that needs fixed, which is show up. There's a hole in my heart right show now up that needs the- a major bowl win. Show up for the big game. I, to me, that, listen, to me, it's a it's a one for one. It's I, not progress. It's fix I'm not, the glitch. Listen, I'm not saying that I'm thrilled about progress or that I'm content that it needs to be quote unquote progress at the end of year eight. I mean, th- th- it shouldn't take that long. There's so many things wrong with that. I'm not I'm not validating that scenario at all. But under the uh, under the construct that is the the current listen you're going macro you're Swar- talking macro Swarbrick brought the guy back because he just signed him f- to a six year extension and they're too freaking cheap to pay him out or they still had faith in him after last year or a combination of the two so so in that scenario in that construct Kelly's back this year regardless and it, de- it doesn't matter if they lose to Stanford and lose a bowl game to some chump team he will be back next year. So that's fine. I mean, that's just what it is. I'm just looking for any way to spin it to myself. That is there a scenario by which I can at least support Kelly and not be a miserable dick uh, for in another offseason, and it would be winning a New Year's Six Bowl. Right. That, uh, anything short of that, I see that there's no point in no. this in this experiment and, continuing. And I agree. And we're being I'm being a little bit semantic, but I will say instead of using the word for me personally, instead of using the word progress, I'm like there's a specific glitch. There's a specific malfunction here that needs to be fixed, which is you need to get 18 to 21 year old young men up and amped to the point where they look well, like that, their peers. And here's what I'm going to say. I mean, too. that's that's more that's more defi- that's more defined no, than just a ambiguous progress. Win a damn major bowl game. Yeah, and that's that's and, a benchmark that you need to hit. But I'm also being nice enough by saying, oh, by the way, I think this is your only problem is getting these guys to believe that they actually belong here. And here's the funny thing: we talked about all these big games, and Brian Kelly can't win the big games against ranked teams. I agree. But again, I'm not really that upset about the performance against the Clemson game. I'm not really that upset about the performance against Georgia. And I think they played great against Florida State. But it's the Bama game, the Ohio State game, and the Miami game are like those three things. And that's half of the slate right there. Those three games, you didn't even show. I mean, you didn't even show up. Right. Now, and look, and if you're Urban Meyer with rings and you get then you get then you and, get and, one and, and you and you Iowa. get blown out by Iowa. Okay, fine. Every nobody's going to give you a hard time because you've done actual things with yeah, your career. Flick them off you with have, the ring. You have actual. Mm-hmm. You know, you have actual sure. accomplishments. Sure. What Brian Kelly has nothing to hang his hat on other than a Music City Bowl win. Yeah. Which is. Not nobody cares. Oklahoma. It was, it was nice at the time. Yeah, whatever. I mean, come <laughs> on. That's again. I mean, that's Bob Stoops getting caught slipping. And you know what? He came back the next year and whipped their ass in South Bend. That's true. Notre Dame was down fourteen to nothing before they even. You know, I was there. Yeah, right. Eyes exactly. are bleeding. I was there. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I mean, they need to beat Stanford. They need to win a major bowl and, game. Yeah, and right. It's just they right. have to do it. Man. And I want they that, have to. And I, I don't. And care. They, and they're capable, fully capable of doing totally. it. If you just get back to what got you there. And I don't care about Stanford at all. Stanford is only the stepping stone. I really want to see Notre Dame play the best possible opponent. And I, they, because they have to be put into that environment. If Notre Dame gets a gets a crappy draw, I'm going to be so disappointed. If they lose to like UCF or something, I will. They be have irate. to get a marquee team, and they have to get a good looking bowl on a great day because they have to be given that test again. That litmus test is what we have to see Kelly do again, and they have to care I mean, about it, and they have to do it after a 42 day hiatus. They would get obliterated by Auburn. They would get obliterated by Auburn. There's a lot of teams up there oh that look gosh. really, really uncomfortable. I don't know what to make of the Big Ten teams. It sounds like that's the way it's going to go. It's going to be this like an Ohio State or a Penn State yeah. thing. I think I don't. Again, I don't want them to see it. I don't want to see them play TCU or UCF or anybody down there. I'm not entirely sure that a Washington or I don't watch enough of the Pac-12 to know necessarily what those are. Do, excuse me, but are doing. But I don't know. Maybe. Maybe Wisconsin loses and they end up playing Wisconsin. You know, Oklahoma. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know the bowl scenarios. It ain't. I mean, we'll see. We'll but see how look, it goes. If you look at the ranking right now, I really want Notre Dame to play somebody that's above them right now. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not below. Yeah. Well, I mean, well. And the New Year's Six should take care of that. It should. It yeah. should be a marquee no, you would think, name. Yeah, you would think. I mean, look, they got to. It's win. not going to be Memphis. We didn't really talk that much about Navy. That's fine. We but didn't Navy need is to. Navy. It was a Navy's game. Navy. You know, I I thought it was a great game because I love triple option and and well, so. And the Navy game is exactly what the Navy game always is. Yeah. is. It's the 72 same, rushing attempts. Same dude. guy. That's same, awesome. Same game. You know, yeah. and more power to Navy. They yeah. do their shtick and they they took Notre Dame and they. They bruised them up and they made them squeak by. And okay, we got to quit playing with our food and finish the game. And Navy yeah. does what Navy and, do. And Kelly does what Kelly does: just call up Stefferson and just start chucking the thing to him a little bit and yeah. get, bail us out, baby. No, ba- I, I, bail us out. We talk a lot macro on this podcast, but I think you're not doing it right if you're just like, "Hey, let's do a wrap up of Notre Dame versus Navy." I don't think that that's doing it right. Anybody that's not talking big. Dude, we didn't At even talk point. about NFL smoke, man. I know you don't watch any NFL, but there's some teams that are really p- could potentially be looking for, you know, there's been some Kelly rumors yeah. there. So, you know, who knows? I, I think that some dominoes are still yet to fall. There's some teams that think they're having a good when, season that are going to still lose games. And Notre Dame might be one of them. We'll and, see. Yeah, absolutely. We'll and see. There, there could be a carousel. Win a New Year's Six Bowl. That's the only thing that's going to make. I mean, that's the only, that's that's the only a, thing you can do. That's the only thing you can do. That's the only thing you can do. You and can beat Stanford that, by 100. I don't care and at if all, you, do you? And if you get mauled by Penn State, then nobody cares. Then it means nothing. That's right. Appreciate everybody listening. This is ND Fan Radio on One Foot Down, the One Foot Down podcast. I am Irish Tightness at Irish Tightness on Twitter. My brother, Indy McFly at Indy McFly. Appreciate everybody listening. Hope you all have a happy Thanksgiving. Go Irish, beat trees.